0: To the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.
1: Joe, we covered another state championship game. Uh, this one didn't go the way we all wanted. Uh, but uh Riverheads faced a really good Radford team, a team that we have been here in hype about all year. And uh they lived up to that hype. They really looked good. The quarterback uh, that we talked so much about last week and what Riverheads was gonna have to do to stop him. Um, Riverheads didn't wasn't able to do that, and uh, he had an uh, unbelievable game. Uh, I had the stats up in front of me. He had over 100 yards rushing, but passing 12, 15 for 21 for 251 and four touchdowns, rushed for the other. Um, he, he, his performance alone controlled that game, and uh, it was an impressive victory for them. Uh, and they put Riverheads in a spot that they're not used to being in very often, which is a loss, and especially in the postseason. So, uh, a lot of streaks come to an end, but uh, Riverheads doesn't have anything to hang their heads about, you know, getting that far in the division two state play or class two state playoffs, and and here we sit.
0: Yeah. Um it's it was a game where Radford was just the better team. I, I don't yeah. know if there's any other way to say it more plainly. Um I, I don't think it takes away from Riverhead's accomplishment. I don't think it shows that Riverheads doesn't belong in class two. They were in the class two state championship. I saw some comments on a local article that you know, this goes to prove that they wouldn't have won any state championships. Uh, here's – if you're listening to this podcast Ooh. and someone Ooh. tells you Riverheads wouldn't have won any state championships in that seven-year window, they're doing you a favor. They're letting you know that they don't know anything about high school football and you don't have to respect their opinion on it. So just don't get in an argument with them because you don't want to argue with stupid people. You just, you just sit there and go, oh, okay, I don't know, and you move on with your day because I – I said this on Saturday, and I'll say it again. They wouldn't have won seven straight. I think no one is claiming that they would have won seven straight in that window had they been in class two. That is fair to say. That is true to say. Um, I watched Stewart's draft go toe-to-toe with Appomattox two separate times, and I watched Riverheads blow Stewart's draft out in the regular season both those times. So, yeah, I think Riverheads probably would have beaten Appomattox. Appomattox's quarterback was good. Appomattox's quarterback was not Landon Clark, though. And Landon no. Clark, I mean, I, I said it uh, during the game and after the game. Uh, this is a kid that, honestly, there's one or two things that probably need to be corrected or that he could improve uh, when he gets to Elon. But if he improves those, I, I don't think he's going to be at Elon very long. Like He's he's the real deal. He There was a play where Riverheads had a receiver double-covered right at the end of the half. And he dropped it to him 50 yards right where it had to be in between two Riverheads defenders, 50 yards in the air for a touchdown. I, I don't Riverheads couldn't have done anything better than that. Uh better than what they did on that play. It was just a a perfect pass from a great athlete. And every there was, time there
1: was a couple of instances of that,
0: too. Yeah, and, and every time Riverheads, it it wasn't a lot of times, but when they got pressure, if the pressure wasn't from the blind side, he was escaping it. And that was the problem for Riverheads. It was my concern uh, that we talked about in the pregame show of that game of, man, Central was able to extend a lot of plays against them in that game that, you know, it didn't really matter by that point. But they were extending plays, and I'm worried if if he's able to extend plays, how Riverheads is going to respond to that. And and you brought it up on the pregame show, and, and we saw it. There were a, There was one or two times where he extended a play and then threw it. But most, more times than not, if if he felt pressure coming, he just bolted, and there was no spy in the middle of the field. Um, I'm not sure if there had been a spy, if they would have been able to catch him because he's that quick, and he just ran rampant all over the Riverheads defense. And yeah. it's hard to win when you got a quarterback that can run and throw as well as Landon Clark did. And um, it just goes to the old adage: sometimes your best isn't good enough. And and today it wasn't good enough, or Saturday it wasn't good enough for yeah. Riverheads. It-
1: You know, and I didn't expect him to have that kind of time. I I really didn't. I think knowing what he was capable of, I just thought that pressure was going to be there. Their offensive line did great. I think the pressure was the difference. I know there's a couple of plays where it's like two-step drop and chuck it, and they made spectacular plays. And honestly, I didn't really have a big problem with the downfield coverage because where we had guys over receivers, they were covered. But when the quarterback had time to pick out which receiver didn't have coverage, because of not enough people on the field, you know, we could have used 12, 13 people out there. Like he found them and he got him, and he found the one guy on his knees in the end zone and held him in the chest on a weird, like a weird position. And he just threw a perfect pass to him, catchable pass. So, I mean, absolutely. He did a great job. I the stat that stuck out to me that I didn't really grasp until after the game, after we were off uh, air on Saturday, uh, third down conversions for uh, Radford they were 11 for 11. That is nowhere in the recipe of how to win a football game is allowing a team to go 11 for 11 on third down. You got to get them off the field. You got to get them uncomfortable. You know, fourth downs make people uncomfortable. They they didn't face fourth downs. Like, <laughs> they were yeah, 11 there, there for wasn't 11 single, on third down. Like, it, yeah, just unbelievable. Like, and Riverheads didn't get a stop until after there was already five
0: touchdowns on the board for Radford. It was like okay. a minute 29, I think, in the game. Yeah. when they got that and stop, and just, it just didn't Riverheads matter.
1: isn't going to win that game. Yeah. Riverheads isn't going to win a game like that. It, you know, yeah. Coach Norcross was correct, and I was hoping he was wrong. But that's why I need to listen to him. He he brought up that Eastmont game, and he said, you know, that was the game where everybody just kept scoring. There wasn't a whole lot of defense, and luckily we outscored him. We got to 63. As soon as Riverheads got stopped the second time, it it was over, really. I mean, mm-hmm. because it, they just didn't find stops after that either. I mean, I was hoping for him. I was – you know, trying to talk them into existence on the radio, but they didn't happen. And so then, yeah, when there's a third stop, it's even more over, and, and that's the case. But Riverhead's offense did well. I mean, Riverhead's offense, you got 200, 195 yards out of Caden um, on 34 carries, averaging about six yards a carry. Uh, You know, do you wish you maybe got a little more even split between him and Talbot? <laughs> maybe, but Caden's getting the yards to keep feeding feeding. <laughs> feed the monster and he's getting the ball even he had three touchdowns like he why not keep giving him the ball you didn't see Radford go away from having Landon Clark handle things so offense was working it's just on that turnover on downs early that was the beginning of the fall and then the turnover right before the half and then you already talked about the next play that happened that's that's what did it so I, I mean I I guess you know if Riverheads wins this game we sit here and probably tear it apart even more and talk about all the great things they did they did great things in this loss, just not really on the defense on offense. They they were moving, but on the defense, they weren't. And uh, when, so when they did have their slight imperfections, things they can normally have in a lot of games this season where they, they can get a turnover on downs somewhere here or there um, or a turnover, you know, they're able to pound on the rest of the teams they play with. And <laughs> they, that's not what you can do against rapper. Like when you're, when you're giving up five straight touchdowns, you can't do that. So um, I, I think, to come on here and do anything other than still say positive things about Riverheads. They still made it to the state championship game. They still came out of region B. They still beat the region a opponent that came at them. Um, so much good. And, and so we can't ignore that. And I, I think the fact that I feel like I have to state that and defend that uh, just speaks to how high the standards have got at Riverheads and it might be healthy it might be healthier for these boys to go through these next couple seasons without carrying the weight of the seven straight, what would have been eight straight, if they would have won this on their backs and and the standard's still there. It's not like it changes the expectations or what their goals are, but it, it does maybe allow for the weight of that. And they don't want to be the first team not to win one that that's not on their back anymore. And so they can be the first team to get back at it and right the wrong or whatever it is. And I'm saying that as, as coach Dorcross was quoted after the game, we'll be back. I, I have no reason to think that that they're not going to be competing for this type of, you know, playing in Salem from, you know, keep on going. I, what, what team in region B makes me think they absolutely won't make it out of region B. I mean, they might not, but what team just says, Oh, well that's the team next year. Like, I don't, I don't know that team. And I, so why, why wouldn't I bring up riverheads in that conversation? They got a lot of replace, but why wouldn't I bring up riverheads in that conversation? So, um, I'll say for Radford's sake uh, what they were good at matches up poorly with Riverheads. They were challenged by some other teams down the stretch here. I, I would have loved opportunities against those teams uh, instead of Radford, certainly because of the way they matched up. I would rather take on a team that's really focused on running the ball with one guy. Riverheads has seen that kind of attack throughout the season. So I, I would think they would fare better that maybe they don't win this year or that time, but maybe they do, but Radford earned it. Radford, I think, was superior in class two this year, um, and I would I would be interested, to, you know, if Riverheads went up against any other ones, I wouldn't rule them out. So I think saying Riverheads was second best when losing that state championship game, I think is very relevant. And so I'm I'm comfortable with the logic of all this. It's not what I like. It's not what anybody wanted, but I'm comfortable with the logic. It, they didn't earn a victory, so they didn't have one.
0: Yeah, and you know, again, I I think you got to credit Radford on just a solid game yeah. plan in coming into the game. They knew, hey. This is a team that hasn't really seen a quarterback what he can do. Yeah. There's some good quarter There's – there's been, you know, uh, Trey Miller at Fort. Good, right. good quarterback. Good yeah. quarterback. Landon Clark, great quarterback. And yeah. the Riverheads hasn't seen a great quarterback. We we talked about it the whole way up, including in the playoffs, where I started to harp on it a little more on, like, we might get more Shenandoah district teams if we see a little bit more balanced offense from these teams um yeah. because it's run 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 all the time if your name's not Fort and that's a problem for a lot of those teams cuz they're just not good enough at it. So um I think when you say Riverheads is going to compete and they have a good shot of getting back there I I'm of two minds on that. One, I think there's I think Riverheads is coming back to the field quite a bit next year. Saying that though, I don't I I hear what you're saying on who's definitely the team that beats them. I don't know if there's definitely a team that beats them. I think, yeah. I think there are contenders. I think Clark is a contender. Yeah. I think central maybe is a contender. Um, but Riverheads is also a contender. Fort, right? Yeah. Is Fort is maybe, yeah, yeah. Fort is maybe a contender, but then Riverheads is also a contender there. And, and yeah. so it's going to take those teams getting better. It's going to take those teams getting better as well to beat them. But I, I think, you know, I, you look at those numbers, King could cash. Cash. It, Radford's defense was been do not break again, kind of similar to their matchup against Graham. Um, but you mentioned the turnover on downs, and it seemed to me on those turnover on downs, they knew Caden Cook-Cash is getting the ball. He's their guy. And it was like they bent the whole time, but then on those fourth downs, it was like, guys, if they give it to somebody other than Caden Cook-Cash, fine. But he's not going to get this first down. And they really keyed in on that. And, and still they got a
1: couple of them. He he's, still, has he's still got, a, yeah, there were two, so, I think yeah.
0: he was two for four yeah. and he got two of them, but the two that he didn't get, it, it just seemed to me yeah. like they were fourth and shorts. They weren't fourth and longs. They weren't fourth and fives. They were fourth and twos, yeah. I think, and maybe a fourth and one that, that they got stuffed and Radford's defense yeah. really played strong. Their line. Uh, I thought, you know, for giving up 195 yards, of king Good cash did a fairly decent job against everybody else. I mean, Talbot, had, I think he was around four yards a carry. Let me pull it up because um, I've got it in front of me too. Yeah, just under f- four yards per carry at 3.9. Yeah. Um, that's not bad, um, but but that's my concern is that's with Cook Cash being there and being the primary focus for a defense. Yeah. What happens when he's not there? And, and that's the question for these other Shenandoah district teams. I, I will say, I think the Christiansburg game next year is going to get ugly. I, I don't think that's going to go well for Riverhead's. Um, I I think Christiansburg is going to bring back a lot of good players. Um, and and this was a very, I think they did have
1: a lot coming back. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that was a very, very close game that Riverheads came back and won at the last second and and they earned that victory, but King Cook cash carried a large part of that. And I'm worried about what that looks like next year when they play the blue demons, but, I
1: think you, you don't lose a player like Kaden Cook Cash and not affect you. I mean, he's, yeah. he's just—he's that type of great. He's—he is. Great. And
0: we're focusing but, on the offensive output, but there's also the defensive side as well. Yeah, you don't have that there, leader of the defense there either. Yeah. Um,
1: I I try my best in conversations when talking to people is Kaden Cook Cash is great, and you know that's—he was a big part of why that number got to seven, and an opportunity for eight was happening but there was still state champions chips in a row before him with a balanced running style with sure, There's one back that kind of might have the, the, the little bit of a nod, but the more spread out attack. And I think at points this season, we still saw a lot of that. That's those are the games we really talked about Jonathan Talbot and how well he's stepping up. You know, they're going to depend on that now and they're not going to have um, you know, none of these guys are stepping into those shoes of Kane cook cash where you just knew you can give him the ball. He's going to find a way to get it. And so we'll see a little bit more of that balanced offense that we' we were used to seeing before. And you know, maybe that in these coming years, if we don't establish another guy that's as good as King Cook Cash because it's very unlikely, one is that because we hadn't seen it before. He's the greatest Riverheads player. I keep saying that.
0: but and but that's where I would. Win, that's what I'm saying when so, I say that. I, I, I know we've seen in, in this seven year stretch, it's been other Riverheads backs that have been the primary back. They graduate, someone else fills in their shoes. But Caden Cook-Cash yeah. was built differently. Stood out. He's, he was built differently um, in terms of strength, in terms of size, in terms of everything, in terms of talent. Yeah. Like, he's – he, yeah. I agree with you. In, in my time being here, I, I can't speak to the entire history of Riverheads as well as you can, but in my time of being here and covering the Gladiators, he is far and away the best player I've seen in a Riverheads uniform. And, uh, you know, there's been some really great running backs that have come through there in my time yeah. here on the radio station. But – I do wonder like it. And I know that he was out some games this year, but the opponents they played during that stretch aren't necessarily. And we even said, I wouldn't rush him back. You don't need him back for these games. These aren't the games you got to worry about. These aren't the teams that are really going to push you out.
1: I think that was the problem. I think they, I think they, they kept him out as long as he would let them.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but then my other point there is with those opponents, those aren't the opponents that are going to push riverheads anyway. Like, so my concern is, when you get into a fort game and maybe I think King could yeah. might've missed that game. Didn't he? Or did he play? I can't remember.
1: Uh, offhand. I'm, uh, I think he missed it. I Cause Christiansburg
0: I'd... was the game. He came back, right? Right. Okay. So that was after fort, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, so I just had to
1: think, yeah.
0: And maybe they beat Fort again. Um, maybe they don't, I don't know. Um, maybe they don't, but, and, uh, you know, while, while we were talking about, you know, the, the seven straight national or seven straight state championships and, you know, going to class two and now you're runner up and that streak's broken, eventually Riverhead's stranglehold in the Shenandoah district is going to be broken at some point, too. I don't know if it's next year. I don't want to say that for sure, but, you know... <laughs> I also said this on Saturday, anybody looking at that game for a blueprint on how to beat Riverheads. I think the bad news is you have to have a D one quarterback. And <laughs> as good as I think Trey Miller is, unless he makes a giant leap in the off season, I don't think he's that. And that's not saying he's not good. Um, D one quarterbacks the are, time. they're a special breed. Like it's a special yeah. level of athlete. And, I, I don't know if that's there. I'm as big a Riverheads
1: homer as anybody. I wouldn't rule out Fort Defiance winning that game. No, I, mean, I think those, that's the second best team yeah. next
0: year. Looking yeah. ahead, I, I you know I think that's the second best team.
1: That was a close two score game this year. Like that mm-hmm. was a highly contested two score game. Um, so and I, you know I I honestly look. That's how I kind of look at the state championship game. Was a was a contested two score game. That third score added some fluff on the top because of desperation mode. Uh, but like yeah. Redford stopped them two good times and got that separation and maintained it because they kept going. But I I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm not quite ready to break down every game next year. (laughs) Uh, And that's the thing. That's the difference here is that, you know, we're sitting here breaking apart, like how Riverheads might lose a game or two next year. And it's just, it's it's such a different standard than we do for everybody else. You know, like, you know, that's, that's the the big breakdown is is if Riverheads will lose a district game next year. And like everybody else, we, we know they're going to lose some district games next year. Like that's, it's just, Riverheads has a different standard. And that's, I think that's what I'm really proud of having come from that program is that for so long, they're the constant. Yeah. Gap's been good. Stanton's been good. Draft's been good. And as of late, you know, kind of ran a little bit longer, but Riverheads is the constant. There's never, you know, no one else has been able to maintain even second status for a long time uh draft is on the longest streak of it so like i I think that's something to be really be proud of and and at some point it is going to end like you've had this system that's worked so well for so long it nothing lasts forever and this is sports and there's some kind of cycle and i i don't know how quick riverhead cycles back to the bottom i you know (laughs) it doesn't seem realistic to think they're going to do anything close to that anytime soon but yeah, if the gap closes a bit more between them and other teams, that's not the worst thing in the world. And and it lets these kids uh, strive for something more. And it's nice for, <laughs> you know what, like ignoring my Riverheads fandom, ignoring my Riverheads fandom, my local fandom, rooting for the teams that we cover. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world for Radford to be first-time champions in 50 years and, and have that, that joy. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what they're out there playing no. for. So, like, commend Radford for that opportunity and taking advantage of that that moment and, you know, going up against a, a a team that has so much experience winning, 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 and, and, you know, overcoming that. I remember when I was with Riverheads in 2000 and I'm played a very small role into the success of that team, but like that ride was fun. And, and just like, you know, you kind of look back at it magically a little bit because of just like, I always say the team was too dumb to know they weren't supposed to win. And, you know, went down to beat Surrey County, who had won the last two state champions. That was that moment for that team, was in a state semifinal, taking down the two-time defending state champion. Oh, my goodness. You know, how crazy is this? It's it's cool. That's what high school sports can provide, and it's nice, and it's good. And so we don't have to tear apart Radford. Like, they were really good, and they won. And however, they chose to celebrate it. And now, whatever pictures you've seen since then of them celebrating you know how you stop those pictures by beating them next year. And you're not going to beat Landon Clark, but you can beat the next guy. Like, that's what it is. You win, and you don't have to worry about how the other kids acted when they won.
0: So. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I have heard rumors. I haven't seen anything. Frankly, I don't care. Um, I
1: saw the picture, and I don't care.
0: Yeah, don't Radford, Radford hadn't won a state championship in over 50 yeah, years. They won. Yeah. That kid's special. He's going to go play D1 football. Caden Cook Do you is think special. I'm embarrassed as a Riverheads fan to have lost to that team. That's what it took to beat Riverheads. That's yeah. what it took to beat Riverheads. I'm not embarrassed. Yeah. Um. King Cook Cash is a special player. He's going to go play D1 somewhere. Um. And might find out a week from now. Yeah, probably. Um. And and those are those are great athletes. I I enjoyed watching those two players go toe to toe. Um. Caden had a great game. He had a very good game. Landon Clark had a great game too. And, and you know the the other thing, and this might sound like a Landon Clark appreciation episode, but um, <laughs> there were there was a play where Riverheads had him in the backfield. I think he only got like two yards on this play. They're swinging him around, and he's holding on to the ball. And I just made the comment: like two yard gain. That's not gonna. You're not gonna put a star next to this play for that. I don't know how he held on the ball." Because the ball is swinging around in one arm while he's being slung around and he's holding on to the ball. And I was like, almost every other time a Riverheads linebacker is swinging a kid around like that, the ball flies out and Riverheads <laughs> can get the ball and, and get a stop. It wasn't that yeah. way until, like you said, a minute 29, they get a stop. But now they're down two scores with a Too minute late. 29, and you're in desperation mode and you run a halfback pass and that goes south. But, um,. I guess to put a bow on, on my thoughts here is, um, and push back a little bit on, on one thing you said, and this is just nitpicking on, you know, it's not a bad thing if the Shenandoah district is more competitive and the other teams close the gap. I, I it's not a bad thing if the other teams are improving to close the gap. It's going to be a bad thing for the Shenandoah district. If the gap is being closed because Riverheads just isn't a which is, is my fear one. because as I've touched on numerous times on this podcast, on Friday nights, maybe to the chagrin of a lot of folks listening at home and they feel like I'm attacking their team or or whatever, that's not my goal here. My goal here is just to be honest with what I see. It, I, I have said for the past two years now, I don't know if the Shenandoah district as a whole is as good as we saw maybe some years before that. And... This year, Riverheads going to the state championship was awesome. That was the only team to make it past the first round. So the top was elite, but everybody else was pretty mediocre. I certainly want the Shenandoah District to get better next year. I'd yes, certainly and that's that I, need the, I need the I need the second team, I, I need the third team, I need the fourth team, even in the Shenandoah District to improve. Yeah. And I think it's possible. I, I just need to see it. I think
1: for no for for no doubt, I, I'm not even going to hesitate, I think Fort can play better. I think they have the same group of guys that played pretty darn well this year. Yep. And here, give me another year of that offense. I think, I think Wilson be could better. be better. You uh, say that one more time? I think Wilson could be better. I think Wilson will be better. They had a freshman quarterback coming in the middle of the year, and their offense was better at the end mm-hmm. of the year. So I think build on that. They're going to lose some pieces. It's high school football. You're going to lose some pieces. Yep. But I think they can get better. I know draft expects better. So like, they'll be driving for that. That's a team that has pedigree of going, going places. So like, let's see what they can do. You know, we'll see what the rest of the team's I think Waynesboro is going to be better. I was That was another team that I think think what I saw at the end of the season, you might forget about Waynesboro, but I
0: agree. I, I, that's a team that I
1: think that's the bottom of the the bottom of that mm -hmm. bucket helping, helping get up. We'll see what some of those other middle teams do. I think there's debatable pieces. Um, at both of those, but, you know, we're, what two teams we haven't talked about is Gap and uh, Stanton. I really like Stanton's coach. <laughs> I like what yeah. they've done in some spots. Uh, Gap, another team that's used to winning and used to growing. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I saw everything I needed to see this year to have the confidence of what we'll see next year, but like, I'm not going to rule it out. So I, I do think generally there could be an upswing. We'll see, you know, some teams are going to grow better than others. And yeah. so I'll leave it at that. But uh, I think they're the top, reasons for Riverheads to strive to be better in district are there, you know, to keep people at bay because Fort's coming, Fort's, Fort's going to challenge.
0: So yeah. And, and fair enough. you know, we say this all by saying, you know, we, we talk about Fort needs to be improving for the Shindua district to get better as a whole. That's a team that lost kind of decidedly to Strasburg. So yeah. if they get better, maybe they, maybe they get out of the first round, maybe they get to a second round or, you know, even a region championship. Potentially. Riverheads
1: and Fort's, Goals are going to include, maybe not limited to, certainly for Riverheads, are include
0: region, get to that region championship, region championship appearance. I agree. I think yeah. that needs to be the goal for Fort next year. Um, but when so we're talking have, Wilson, when we're talking about Wilson, this is a team that didn't even make the playoffs. So then you got to get the three C playoffs, the 3C playoffs and, and then you're yeah. playing, you know, the best school in the country. Um, well, their players are from all over the but country. You gotta but you got to get in there.
1: You got to get in there, and play. Yeah. I mean, you, you can. I've seen social media posts um, coming out about LCA. I I have a venue to talk about this weekly, and I choose to a lot of weeks to talk about how much I don't like LCA. Until they're not in it, you you just got to live with that they're there and find a way. And this is only the first year LCA has won the state championship, so we can't act like they've just been dominant. They're consistently in there, consistently contending, but other teams have found ways to beat them other years, not this year. So that's what you got to deal with. You can't control that. You, you're, it's noise. Well, they eventually
0: they eventually brought in enough D one prospects to hey, to beat hey, everybody. They did.
1: They did. So
0: I thought the VHSL's second tweet was, yeah, man. If that doesn't make you feel something,
1: yeah. When the VHSL has to publicly clarify that a team didn't break any rules, like there, that must mean there's a lot of smoke.
0: <laughs> there's a lot but, of people talking about it for a team that yeah. for apparently. Uh, And then the VHSL is, you know, their response when someone says (laughs) that's doesn't make sense. None of these other schools in Lynchburg have these kids, this many D1 kids. There's not that many D1 kids that have ever come out of Clemson. Yeah. Lynchburg (laughs) has never had that many D1 kids in a class until LCA became a VHSL school all of a sudden. And the VHSL saying, please send us evidence to support your claim that they're moving. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not their job. Like, that's not average Joe's job. Your job is to police this. Yeah. This is the problem when you let these private schools in, which is why it was a bad idea.
1: Yeah. I think there's a bigger I I do agree. There's a bigger problem there, but for the sake of like Wilson, you need to go make the playoffs. Stanton, you hope to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. You can't make be the playoffs the LCA make that. the playoffs. That's that's two kind of separate things to talk about. Uh, so LCA won, we'll leave that there, 28 14 over uh Lafayette. I want to come back to the class one game, The class one game. Uh, I think for most of it was not entertaining. Uh, it was a <laughs> six to four game for a good portion of the game because Galax was able to score on two safeties. They didn't get in the end zone all day, but they ended up winning the game on a like 40 yard field goal. Uh, that looked terrible when he kicked it. I said, Oh, well that's not, you know, Nope, oh, Essex one. Nope. That thing just carries through the air, hits the crossbar and then just limps, falls over the goalpost and they win the game and Essex player tosses his helmet 30 yards and makes their one chance at victory after that even more impossible. But I just that game. I don't know. I'm. I've always seen Riverheads as class one. I see how good they are. I see how well they play against class two, class three teams when they were in class one. So I just – I don't know if I grasped the disrespect towards Class 1 as much. I just don't think I did. Maybe I should have because I'd watched the film on these other Class 1 teams as we're going into the state playoffs and not even watch that much film because I'm like, oh, that ain't going to get it done. And Riverhead's proved to be true time after time. Riverhead stood alone in Class 1 because that was not a display of good football between Essex and Galax. was what I saw happen. And I think with a score of seven to six where one team scores on two safeties and a field goal, I think reinforces that thought. So uh, it opened up my eyes maybe a little bit to uh, what other people have been saying about class one. I just think it didn't necessarily apply to Riverheads just the same. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I have been one of those people that has tried to tell you class one's not very good. Um, But yeah, I know Riverheads was much better. I just was like, Ooh, that was tough. Um, but that I don't. Yeah, he, that wasn't the most exciting ending, in my opinion. No,
1: but uh, no, 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 no. The most exciting was Phoebus and
0: Salem. Yeah, I mean, Salem scores, gets a two point conversion to tie it in the dying minute of the game. You, you're th- sitting there, there thinking, left, think. yeah, you're sitting yeah. there thinking, wow, an overtime state championship game. This is going to be electric. And then uh, Phoebus decides they don't want to play for overtime. They throw an what was it, an eighty yard pass. Somewhere around there, eighty-ish yard pass, uh, for basically a walk-off touchdown. I think there was one second on the clock when they scored. It was bananas. I mean, what a way for Phoebus yeah. to win that game. That's a backup quarterback, by the way, uh, for yeah. the Phantoms. Um, just ripping the heart out of Salem a- and a-, a massive win for them. 10th state championship in program history for them. Uh, so that matches
1: Salem and matches Riverheads. Yeah. For, for second or second or third sorry but that tied with two other schools yeah. hampton has the most was 17
0: yeah um but that was awesome i mean that was awesome yeah. what an awesome way i i finally eventually at some point saturday got to see the replay of that and that was just an insane uh play for phoebus to score and, and win a state championship like that it was by far the most exciting game um i'd say of the, of the weekend um and congrats to Phoebus for a, for a massive victory there. Yeah.
1: I wasn't rooting for them after the hundred point game the other week, but what a way to win it. I mean, I, I, mean, even, even in my grit in my teeth about Phoebus winning, I was like, wow, what a, what a moment. I mean, that's, that's high school sports. Maury beat Stonebridge 40, 45, uh, 34. Um, Stonebridge kept it in there, but Maury just too much. Uh, they had the lead about the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then jumping up to class six also happened during that eleven thirty slot. Uh, Highland Springs Freedom Freedom got the lead, maintained the lead. Uh, I think they got up two scores, but then Highland Springs cut it to one, and I think they got the ball back after that. Only down forty two to thirty four, but Freedom kept them away. So, I mean, you know, we complain about college sports. Matt Hatfield had a lot of this uh, <laughs> written in August. We had him on the podcast. I, I honestly, I, I wanted to listen back before tonight. He had Freedom winning the only team that can challenge them highland springs well that's exactly what happened he had i'm pretty sure he had more he winning. in i think he i'm did pretty too. sure he talked about stonebridge being in the mix uh he talked about phoebus he talked about salem he talked about lca i don't know if he talked about lafayette but i'm not going to hold that against him essex and galax he talked about riverheads and radford he talked about i mean he talked about radford he talked about the quarterback at radford because of how good he was the year before and he was all state class two quarterback uh so i congratulations to matt hatfield um He's, he's turning uh, the VHSL football into college football, where we might just need to listen to him in August and just play those games and get it all over with. Right.
0: Well, that's why we bring him on every year. Uh, So, so (laughs) he can educate our audience and I know he helps us when we do the, uh... (laughs) we get ready to do our state championship Saturday picks. He helps us win those. Um...
1: I will say looking through that list of winners, uh, I don't think Radford wins it next year. I don't, you know, seeing what they're going to lose off that team, I wouldn't be quick to have them winning it. Now, they're, are they going to compete and, you know, yeah. still be a factor in that region? Sure. I, I'm not going to say they're trash by any means, but I just – Without landing class, that's such there, it's a tough region. To say they repeat in class two. Like I'm just not going to say that. And that's such a um, tough
0: region. Region two C and then region yeah. two D. The, the region they'd have to play to get into the state championship Yeah, you got Appomattox game. and
1: Graham and all. Yeah, it's yeah,
0: tough. it's a tough, tough region over there. And, and a tough team, end of the bracket. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a Glenver tough.
1: Denver and Appomattox, a lot of good teams that have been to the state championships mm-hmm. before. I mean, you look at that list of like who's going to repeat: Phoebus, LCA.
0: Yeah, Freedom, I'd them. Say-
1: I would would have a good shot but you know Phoebus and LCA are the kind of the, the I would say two highest percentages
0: yeah I haven't seen the recruiting class for LCA yet but I'm sure it's pretty good and then they're gonna yeah Phoebus is always the projection, you know yeah Phoebus <laughs> is always really good um yeah and Salem is probably gonna be packed. I mean Salem, that's the thing yeah. class four is loaded class four is really good too um but yeah i I agree with you i don't know if radford does i don't know if galax does um
1: i will say galax and galax and essex they're in it every year it's just every other year riverhead's been knocking them out so they they finally got to that spot like I, i wouldn't rule them out but yeah i
0: wouldn't be quick to say
1: that i don't know i i think essex probably i who's coming out of class
0: 1a like i don't know if it matters um i don't think it does
1: um, that brings us to the Yak Cup. That's the end of the fall season, finally. Uh, so we have Wilson Memorial in the lead, which is a standard operation for this Yak Cup. Uh, they won three district championships with golf, competition cheer, and girls cross country. Fort Defiance right behind them with 15, which is very similar to usual as well. They won the volleyball district championship. Riverheads won the football state championship, or excuse me, district championship. Uh, but then you know a couple second place finishes that gap is a little tighter than it usually is after the fall with Riverheads Wilson and Fort um, right there in the top three so that's that's pretty cool Uh, but Waynesboro is probably the biggest gainer here they won the boys cross country which I do think they repeated with um, but just the a couple second and third place finishes they're a little bit higher up the standings than they usually finish I'm not sure after fall last year where they were but uh, they're kind of rising up there so Early start there to the uh, Yak Cup, but Wilson in front, um, like usual.
0: Yes. Um, I'm very interested to see how the winter sports shake out, because this is kind of when uh, last year Fort got a lead, if I'm remembering correctly, and then the spring is where uh, Wilson Wilson took took it back. I think
1: you're right. And I'll try to maybe draw up a comparison there, maybe get a little, you know, a bar, or maybe not a bar, chart, a line chart so we can kind of compare years. That'd be cool. Cool. Um,
0: <laughs> we have three years. Winter
1: sports. Winter sports are coming next yeah. week. I imagine we'll give a, a nice little like look ahead at what we're looking for district seasons. I know they've already been getting into their non district play, but we'll start looking ahead at what we're expecting and uh, remembering what we have from last year from districts. And then we will be back on the coverage of the high school winter sports as uh, January comes in. Reminder: we will have a podcast next week. But two weeks from now, we will take the uh, Christmas week off. Uh, so you guys have, you know, an extra hour and a half with your family on Christmas week instead of listening to us. But that brings us to uh, college football. And uh, we had the Army-Navy game. We had a Heisman. Um, I don't think the Heisman wasn't much of a surprise. I think JT Daniels was the favorite a couple weeks Jayden, ago and held on to it.
0: Jaden Daniels. JT Daniels Jayden is a different Daniels. person. JT Daniels used Sorry, to play my brain. at USC. It's been a day. I don't know. I'll yeah. just tell you, it's been a
1: day. So <laughs> Daniels won from LSU. I, I know who he is. I watched him enough times this year. Uh, but uh, that was cool. I don't know. I don't watch that ceremony, but that was cool that he won.
0: I didn't watch the ceremony either. Um, I thought it was odd that Jordan Travis didn't win the Heisman because apparently he's so good that it, he cost <laughs> Florida State going to the playoff by getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: but let's look ahead a little bit Uh tech. Well, has the before we, force. before
0: we look ahead, did you watch the army Navy game?
1: No, I was unable to, I, I mean, I
0: came home and I cut it on, but wow. Uh, what ready, an exciting uh, game. Talk about it. You got it. I mean, I started watching the game and then I had some stuff to do. So I, I stepped away, but then I came back for the fourth quarter. I see the scoop and score for army and I'm sitting there thinking that's a cover boys. Well done. Thank you for your service. All that's left is to sing the songs. And then Navy goes right down the field throwing the ball because Army has decided that we're just going to give the receivers 20 yards and see what happens. And <laughs> it turns out the Navy quarterback had hit a wide open dude. And so <laughs> they're going down the field. They score quickly. And I'm like, uh oh, and Army's running the ball. They don't get a first down. They got to punt it. The kid shanks the punt. And I'm like, oh, my goodness instead of being 20 yards off the receivers now army's only 10 yards off the receivers navy's still moving the ball down the field and i'm sitting there going oh my gosh what are we doing here to the point where like army doesn't start getting within five yards of the receivers until like the corners are lined up on the goal line i'm like please don't let him run past you (laughs) like and they run a pass out of the flat Army uh, linebacker tackles him at, like, I think it's the 2 or the 3. Sets up a 4th and goal. Navy goes for the quarterback sneak. Ends up half a yard shy of the goal line. It was a really cool camera angle over the top. uh, And you can see, like, the Navy blue uniforms making the push. And then the Army tan uniforms, like, the linebackers and safeties come crashing in. And you just see the wall right there shy of the goal line. And the quarterback never does cross the goal line. It was... Heartbreaking for Navy, uh, great win for Army, um, and then Army. Um, if you had, I didn't have over under, but if you did, you were super pumped with Army deciding to boot the ball through the back of the end zone for a safety to end the game, um, rather than potentially snap it, fumble, and give Navy a touchdown um, that would have won Navy the game. Uh, they just boot it through the back of the end zone and take the win. Um, but it was a it was a crazy finish. I the final ends up being 17 to 13 I think or s- 17 to 13 or 17 to 11 I don't know 17 to 11 I want to say um but wild ball game um man it was fun it was it was really fun to watch that game and of course everything else that goes on outside of that game is much bigger um than football but uh yeah I don't know I I don't know why that's not the most popular college game of the year here because that's – you're watching the same offenses, basically. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a good point. Um, Moving on a touch. Uh, Virginia Tech, they got the bowl game coming up against Tulane. I know Tulane, they got a – their coach is gone, right?
0: Their I think – The
1: not playing, right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's the team. thing. I don't know who's playing in these games anymore. I don't know. I don't love that. I know you have less of a problem
1: than I do, but uh, I don't know. I, I The game has become more winnable from, from some of the news out of that game. I think yes. that would be nice if Tech can find a way to do that. Um, this whole new concept this year, and, and we'll talk about it more too with JMU, these guys entering the transfer portal but then still playing in a bowl game. I didn't think you could do that. This year is the first year I know of that being something I was – familiar with
0: I think it's honestly I think it's up to the players and the program I don't think there's a rule saying if you're in the portal you can't play in your bowl I,
1: game I thought I just thought I just didn't think it happened one way one way or the other I don't know if there's a rule or what but uh you know I saw one little article about Virginia Tech where like that's kind of a decent sign for guys that are trained around on the port in the portal from Tech but like still want to be involved in the bowl game like that means there's something there um, you know, and uh, we certainly didn't see the guys in the transfer portal with Fuente wanting to stick around for a couple of weeks. So, uh, that's interesting. Also heard about it with JMU where they're getting ready for their bowl game. And, and it seemed like in a three day period, the coach was gone. The quarterback's gone. Everybody's gone. But, you know, then the quarterback is saying he wants to play. And, and so that was the first one I heard of, uh, trying to do that. So that's interesting. Um, I also appreciate what JMU. And I think we talked about this a week ago where Signetti won't be coaching in the bowl game mm-hmm. better off. They did get their new coach, Bob Chesney, uh, comes from Holy Cross. He, he turned them into a winner. You know, he got there first year, and they were five and six. I don't know what they were before that, but needed a head coach, so they must not be been great. And then ever since then, first in that uh, district or in that conference that they played in. Um, so great job at Holy Cross, uh, you know, down a level in the Patriot League. Um, so comes up to JMU and I think has a chance to continue growing, He's, you know, a hot name as a young coach. Um, so I do think this is something JMU is going to just kind of have to get used to. And and I started talking this out with a friend of mine, but, you know, you listen to JMU people and, uh, you know, my in-house review of the JMU press conference that, that was good. He's saying all the right things. I haven't heard the stuff, but, you know, my number one JMU fan in the house was telling me all great things. So I, I believe her. Um, but you, you're at the point where you're rooting for this guy to be at your school four years and then have to go somewhere else. Cause that means you're, you've been good and he's going to get poached and he's good. And I know that's what you're used to Signetti and Houston. Like that's what happened. And it, it's not the worst thing. And then I started talking through it. Like I was saying, Notre Dame had a coach poached two years ago, LSU came and got Notre Dame's coach. So don't think this is some kind of insult like JMU that you're all, oh, we're just a stepping step. No, this happens across the sport uh Oklahoma's coach left and goes to USC uh you know like if this happens at the highest level so you kind of want if you're JMU you want your coach to be poached because that means you just had a couple good years so uh I think this guy's fits that mold can he do it we'll see but uh everything that he's done so far has been successful coaching so I see no reason why to expect less and try to maximize what you can get try to get some uh, Sun Belt championships out of this see what that earns you at the at at after that and then start looking you know 3 years from now start getting your eyes open for the next young guy to hire and hope that your next AD is as good at hiring as Bourne has seemed to be at JMU cuz I think this fits that mold it's another great hire
0: yeah i agree um and, and being you know a fan of actual sports outside of the JMU bubble i understand how college football and college sports yeah. in general work in terms of, unless you get an alumni that like being a Madison man, being there is like the dream job, and he can't possibly imagine a world where he gets a job higher than that, and he doesn't want the a job Lewis higher Rowe than that.
1: Row of college football coaching for JMU.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. the The only person who I know of that was an alum of JMU that worked out as a coach, his name was Kenny Brooks, and he's gone to Virginia Tech. So. Eventually.
1: He was there a good long time.
0: He was there a good long time, but now he's at Virginia Tech. And again, I I think JMU fans don't have any ill will toward Kenny Brooks. They shouldn't. Um, But... Yeah, you just have to understand. Like, And most of the fans aren't mad at Kurt Signetti for him leaving. They're they're upset that they're a stepping stone or that they've realized they're a stepping stone. And I saw someone say, you know, I thought moving up, but we weren't going to get our coaches poached. And I was like, well, I don't know who told you that, but they lied.
1: Yeah. Um, that's stupid.
0: it just means like you're I not, just you're, it just means your coach isn't getting poached by East Carolina. That's what it means. Like, and, yeah, and honestly, your coach is going to the big 10 now. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Your coach got poached by a power five. That's the good news. Um, Where he's going to take
1: a beating.
0: He is. Um,
1: (laughs) 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 Let's talk about that for a second.
0: Yeah, I can
1: laugh.
0: (laughs) I can laugh now. Yeah, trust me. The the sugar coating (laughs) is over. I I don't know how much sugar coating was ever done uh, in regards to my opinion of getting on this podcast, but it's over. Um, Yeah. I still blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah. He changed the handle, but apparently it didn't change. who He blocked. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. He can say Purdue sucks and Purdue's probably on his level, but the second he was like, and so does Ohio state and Michigan. I was like, well, they're going to show you what suck means. And I mean, he's going to just be getting just trucked. It's going to be beat down after beat down. Michigan's not going to need to know the signals to, to pound the piss out of Indiana. And that's exactly what they're going to do. It's exactly what Ohio state's going to do. I'm going to love every second of it. Um, But I, I did see, like, there was some stuff, you know, apparently he didn't thank JMU and the players the way that JMU fans wanted to be thanked in his initial statements in Indiana. Okay, there you go. And a lot of JMU Join fans, me, a lot of JMU fans that finally, uh, uh, outwardly, you know, were, I guess were scared to say, out of fear probably of being blocked by him on Twitter, and they probably are now. Um, (laughs) But they said, yeah, he's not great at the PR aspect. And I was like, no kidding. (laughs) Like, he hadn't been good at the PR aspect for a while. And then
1: it was funny to see. If he was, he'd have some observations of punishing guys properly.
0: It was funny to see some fans of other Sunbelt teams comment on these and be like, yeah, he's been an asshole. You guys just now realized it because he's not wearing purple and gold. And I was like, yeah. yep. No, I did. Yep. I'll tell
1: you what. Yep. My household did.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, there's something to be said about that. I, I have said for on this podcast multiple times, and I'm sure folks that are JMU fans probably don't like it when I say it, but there is a cultish atmosphere there where – if they're wearing purple and gold, it doesn't matter what they do. They're going to love them, and it doesn't matter, Where, which I kind of am like, okay, like there are flaws here. It's okay to recognize the flaws and still be a JMU fan. Um, but, yeah, the larger point here being that hopefully this guy does great. I imagine he will because Jeff Bourne has just smashed home runs and all the other hires he's made at the football coach position. And that probably means we're going to have to hire another coach in four or five years. You're right. And that's, that is who you are. I don't know who would be a graduate. I know Ben DiNucci said something on Twitter and no offense to Ben DiNucci. No. Um, The first, your first coaching job can't be head coach of this football program. And I've got news. If JMU fans want that, if JMU fans want that, you're small minded. You don't think this football program is as good as it is, in my opinion. Like I, Then I have a higher opinion of JMU football than you do, which is a problem. Because yeah, I'm not sitting I, here saying we're going to win the ACC or something dumb. Like, I, I just, we're we're better than Ben DiNucci's first coaching job, period, being head coach of this football team. Yeah, I agree. If Ben DiNucci wants to, you know, be an assistant somewhere and, Shows that he can, you know, ha- can design some offenses and, and look like he knows what he's doing, and then maybe he gets a FCS job and is killing it there, and then you want to hire him? Okay. But Ben DiNucci, former NFL quarterback, straight to head football coach is a bad idea for JMU. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, Any thoughts on these early bowl games? <laughs> you got Ohio. You got leading off with Ohio, yeah. with the Bobcats. What's the, how do they how do they sound? Wow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they Three and, and a half point, three and a half point doggies, three and a half point doggies to the Georgia Myrtle Southern. Myrtle Beach
1: Bowl played in Charlotte. Yeah,
0: that's kind of crazy, huh? No, it's in <laughs> Conway, South Carolina. Excuse me. Yeah, it's ba- it's where Coastal Carolina is. It's right outside Myrtle Beach. Um, it's yeah, still, it's still not. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. You're thinking the Bahamas, Bahamas Bowl. That's the
1: Myrtle Beach Bowl. I blanked my brain. Yeah. There is a bowl game, and I just can't find it at the moment. It's that the Bahamas is Bowl. The Bahamas Bowl that's getting played in Charlotte. Like, yeah. that does happen. It's just not those teams. It's not that game.
0: Yeah, the Bahamas Bowl will be played in Charlotte. And what a disappointing <laughs> <laughs> discovery for the participants in the Bahamas, the Bahamas. Bowl. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to the Bahamas Bowl. In Charlotte. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with Charlotte. I love Charlotte. But not
1: that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs>
0: but it's not the Bahamas. Um which would be depressing to learn. Um but yeah, I think that when you're looking at at this bowl game, if you're Ohio, they're they're the underdog. I, I like the Bobcats to get the win. I, I think they they're are a nine at,
1: and three underdog.
0: Yeah. Um, the Mac wasn't very good this year. I think that's some belt getting props with Georgia Southern there. Um, but I think Ohio finds a way to win this game.
1: Yeah.
0: I am not against
1: that idea. I'm trying to find, oh yeah, I'm very much not against that idea. Um, What about any of these other early ones? Sorry, uh, I'm trying to look through here to see if I have anything else to say. Uh, Out of these other games, do you have anything that sticks out of the early ones? You got Howard, Florian M.
0: I think if Georgia Southern wins, the next one that I'd be worried about if I'm the Sun Belt would be... um, Hmm. Louisiana maybe, plays Jack's maybe Marshall and UTSA. I'm not worried about that one. If I'm the Sunbelt. Yeah. Louisiana. No, I can't believe Louisiana play. is a dog. That's crazy to me. They're going to, I think they're going to beat Jacksonville state.
1: Gronk's hosting a bowl game. So that's you know, something.
0: The Bahamas Bowl know, we're is kind of Western the Kentucky. Famous Toastery Bowl before that's,
1: we, we record another podcast. That's so. they've changed think. it.
0: They've changed the name. That was the Bahamas Bowl, and now it's the famous toastery bowl. Okay.
1: Well, there we go. I'm, I've come full circle in my lack of preparedness to have this discussion. Uh so you were all you were talking about the Yak Sports uh confidence pick bowl mania that we have set up. Did you complete your picks yet?
0: did Joe? yes i did i hate the confidence picks but yeah I, do, I kind of who's
1: your most confident game i think we're gonna have the
0: same one here i do too it's the uh quack quack oregon ducks
1: as i said to a or uh, to a liberty fan uh that's already entered in the contest who's been, in the, been on the podcast previously uh will cash mm-hmm. uh Oregon's going to whack them back to biblical times like that's what's going to happen there. oh wow so it's a it's a lesson to be learned so okay I just I wanted to put that out there it's a beat down coming like there's no this isn't oh what is Oregon no Oregon wasn't like just left out of the playoff and doesn't care like they're going to come play a game and they're going to beat the crap out of Liberty I don't care if some guys opt out it's what's about to happen Liberty did not play anybody this year. JMU would beat Liberty handedly. So Oregon's going to just wipe the earth with them.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, the fact that you're saying this does make me wonder if you're about to like have one of those moments where you try to be me and go like hardcore, and then it just comes back to bite you, which... <laughs> Don't do it. Outside week. of the Steelers, I think it rarely happens. Don't don't do it this week. Yeah, <laughs> or don't do it with this game. Don't let this be the one. Leland. No, it's not. I'm they are. Like, I will also say Vegas. Three confident. Vegas has them as the biggest favorite of ball yeah. season.
1: I've seen other teams brought up in that conversation, but
0: it sure as heck is my favorite.
1: So, yeah.
0: Them in South Alabama. I
1: do think, think though, Marshall, though, Marshall is one I have no confidence in. I think that UTSA,
0: San Antonio. Yeah, that's a, the yeah. other game I'd be worried about in that early slate if I'm a Sun Belt yeah. team. Because when you look at the games, I mean, we're talking about um, Georgia Southern, who's a favorite against Ohio. I don't, as I said, I don't know if they're going to win that game or not. Um, but then uh, ODU is playing Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's not that good. Um, I guess neither is ODU, but I've seen ODU look okay. This year, Appalachian state against Miami, Ohio. I think Appalachian state wins that game fairly comfortably. Um, and then yeah, Marshall UTSA. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, make sure if you're listening to this and you're wondering what we're talking about with this bowl mania, look on Twitter or Facebook, and there'll be links for you to sign in. If you listen to the podcast, the password is YAC, Y-A-C. That's the password, capital letters. Uh, that gets you in. That gets you compete with us. Make sure you have a screen name that we can at least recognize or call you out with. Um, most of the people already entered are people that we are very familiar with. Um, but even if you're new to us or we haven't had a lot of interaction with you, now's a great time. Sign up and we can start some interaction. And the winner of this outside of Joe and I will Uh, get an invite to come on the podcast. So we look forward to that. Um, College basketball, I really didn't update anything here. Talk about your VC women.
0: Yeah, they got to open up the Henrico Sports and Events Center uh, last night, which is why we're recording this and posting it all in one night. Um, But uh, they opened up with Delaware and the Blue Hens. Uh, It was a game where VC got off to a hot start. Delaware came back, got a lead. At halftime, they were up as much as 10 on VCU, but then in the second half, the Rams really started to uh, put it together, force some turnovers, get on a run again in the second half, and then actually ended up winning that one fairly comfortably. Uh, But it was a big night uh, in a lot of ways. A lot of A-10 folks were there. Um, They got to – because that's where the A-10 tournament is going to be this year for the women's basketball tournament uh, for the Atlantic 10 Conference. And so – They were there um, helping promote that, wanted to make sure everything's, you know, going the way it's supposed to there at that arena. It's a small, smaller arena than the Siegel Center. But I, you know, I I felt like it was um, it was a great atmosphere there. Uh, It was it was nice. The crowd, it filled out pretty nicely uh, with the fans and um, all the A-10 folks that were there. And, you know, the the VCU pep band made the trip to Henrico. Uh, so they were there supporting the team and it's another great win for VCU. It, it looks like a very cool arena. Uh, it's going to host some other stuff as well. I'm sure throughout the year in in terms of concerts and other sporting events, but I thought I had a great time there uh, last night and, um, hopefully, uh, we'll have an opportunity to watch some more women's college basketball there. We'll see uh, what the future holds there, but, um, yeah, it, the VCU as a whole is off to a fantastic start in terms of their season. It's the best start since 2013-2014. They've only lost one game. It was to JMU in Harrisonburg earlier this year. Uh, their next game is against ODU on Sunday, uh, who is undefeated, I believe. Um, so that's going to be a you know an old-time showdown there between ODU and VCU, old rivals. So uh, for VCU, it's another kind of... Nice measuring stick before they get into conference play uh, and their first conference game against UMass, who's one of the favorites to win the A10. So, um, schedule starts to beef up a little bit for VCU, and we'll see how they fare.
1: Well, that'll be good. Oh, um, and I, I've been
0: meaning to mention this, and I have forgotten the past two weeks. But uh, for uh, fans of local sports, um, you might know that Zoli Khalil is at VCU. Uh, in her freshman season, she won a 10 rookie of the week. Uh, not this past week, but the week before that. Um, and yeah, she's had a great, great, uh, start to her freshman year, really contributing defensively and starting to put the scoring together a little bit.
1: Awesome. Um, all right. NFL, I didn't get to watch a whole lot this weekend, uh, tied up. It's just, that's, that's this time of year. Um, I thought Monday night, and we can talk more about Sunday, but I thought Monday night was a good example of what the NFL is this year. You just – no one's that great. (laughs) Like, we've had teams play better than other times. You know, the 49ers are looking good again, but they lost three in a row. Philadelphia was looking where people had a lot of confidence in them, and now they've lost – like, the Chiefs find ways to lose. Like, I just don't think anybody's that great – I, I don't have I, – I mean, right now you'd say you have the most faith in the 49ers, but here you have, okay, Green Bay won a nice game a week ago and, and you're starting to, you know, are they good with Jordan Love and let's have all these comparisons to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And then they go lose to the to the Giants. Um, then you got Miami, who's supposed to be so awesome this year with that great offense, and they lose to Tennessee, who's not great. I just think that's a. I thought that was just a great example of the NFL this year. Um, but that was my thoughts coming out of Monday night. But you know, looking back at Sunday, the Chiefs lost, the Dallas win. Uh, you know, what do you got this weekend?
0: Yeah, I didn't get to watch a ton of NFL either. I got to. Um, <clears throat> I called the very end of the Ravens game, which was far too close. Um, but they found a way to win, which is more than some teams can yeah. say this week.
1: Or did the Rams find a way to lose?
0: I mean, we we returned the punt, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) yeah, I I mean, somebody last week said that the Chiefs weren't great when you said that was going to be a blowout. uh, And the Chiefs were going to cover six and a half. They
1: just play with their food, don't
0: they? I I said, I was like, "Mm, Chiefs offense hasn't been great this year. And you told me how good they were. Um, Hey, when they if they could
1: line up. On sides. They can do some I think, amazing
0: things. I think the bet we made was just for funsies. Um, what did we have? Do we have a bet? You you wanted to say they were going to cover six and a half, and you're like, bet. And I was like, what are we betting? And I don't remember. I'll have to go back and listen. I don't, I don't remember what yet. it was. Uh, if anyway. you do remember what it was, please put it in the comments. Uh, does Leland owe me yeah, a I'm steak not going dinner? Back. It's not a. Does me. Leland owe me a steak dinner? I think so. Um, it's, it was not a steak dinner, <laughs> but I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I won't stop
1: you from going to Long Johns. How's that?
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, the Chiefs losing uh was I burn it down again. Was something else. Honestly, <laughs> the the thing that surprised me the most was Dallas winning. I thought Dallas was going to get yeah. trucked. When when Feels I saw like Dallas Dallas
1: would lose, but
0: Yeah, when I saw Dallas was a favorite, I was like, "Why?" Every time they play a team that's good, they lose. And then they went Wait. out and they smacked Philly. I mean, that was
1: Everybody talk about that being a schedule loss for Philly. I just I don't know if you're good, you don't, you don't start saying you had schedule losses, like whatever.
0: And I mean, now you've got, yeah, now you've got receivers and Jalen hurts, apparently going back and forth and you know, I I think you, I, I think you were right when you said Monday night was a pretty decent example of what this league is on. You just, you can't right stuff in pen with this league this you year. It's just, anything, no. it, it's just so topsy turvy. And I, I would, the whole
1: AFC is like seven and six.
0: If the, if the except, 49ers except are going to be healthy, my daughter
1: was quick to point out to me. Yes.
0: Right. If, <laughs> if the 49ers are going to be healthy, they're going to be really hard to beat. Yeah. Cause a healthy 49ers team pants, the Philadelphia Eagles, Last week, they pants the Dallas Cowboys earlier in the year. Um, and yes, Dallas might be a little bit better than they were earlier in the year, but I don't think they're that much better. And the the 49ers are just really going to be a difficult team to beat if they're healthy. Are we going to
1: get another 49ers Ravens? Super
0: Bowl? we might. We might. It's in
1: Vegas this year. I mean, will that be like the Ocean's Eleven guys, like cutting out the power to Vegas
0: style? Well, hopefully so Beyonce no doesn't cut the power them. again. That's the only thing that saved the Niners last time from getting absolutely <laughs> blown out in the worst Super Bowl ever. Um, but yeah, it was it was a game. the The, the other games that happened were were pretty bad. Um, pretty bad football games. Um, yeah, but. I think the chiefs, I mean, I, the chiefs game was exciting. What a terrible way to lose that That game. play was incredible. What a terrible way to lose that game. A terrible way to lose that game. The play was
1: incredible where Kelsey catches it going downfield, starts running and then turns and lateral throws it. Perfect little pass over there. But the thing is. They lined up wrong. They threw the flag. Everybody's saying, how do you take away a play like that? no, They threw the flag before the play ever happened. It wasn't reactionary.
0: Yeah, the ref doesn't know that play is going to happen.
1: Holding on to the flag to see, oh, Kelsey just lateraled it. That was amazing. Let me go ahead and take this away. That's not what happened. They threw the flag immediately. He's lined up off sides. If he looks over at the referee and points to him, hey, am I on sides? That never gets called. He does that 90% of the other plays. When I was a receiver for Riverheads, you better believe I did that every single time I did that because Lord knows I didn't want to be the guy that got in the way of the running offense for Riverheads because – that's about the only thing you can do sometimes to get in the way of the running offense. I wasn't going to be the penalty. You look at the ref, you get on sides, and everything's fine. If he looks at the ref and he's still off sides, but he's he motions to him, and it, it, then the play goes. But it didn't do it. You didn't do it right. You didn't line up all right. Your toes are across. It's a, then it's not a play. So just
0: shut up. That was I think that was my Chiefs biggest are, problem Chiefs was are getting on
1: people's bad side for a good reason. Like I agree with it. Like shut up. Just shut up. Beat teams. Go out there and play. You have a lot of talent over there. Yeah. And you can play really good. And you probably will play pretty good. Like you probably will play good from here out and have a little run in the playoffs. Just do it. And you don't have we don't have to listen to your whining. I just a lot of attention on that team. And I don't love a lot of that attention that's on that team.
0: Pat Mahomes crying about it in the postgame presser was was a a take. <sighs> like I he's like, you know, I just don't want the refs making a call like that. And I was like, what well, Cause you're off sides. Like, like, and he's like, it didn't have any impact on the play. And I was like, okay, but it's the rule. Like it's the rules.
1: got to draw a line somewhere.
0: If there's 12 guys on the field, because one guy's running off the sideline and then the defense gets an interception. I think you're probably going to look at it differently. If that costs your yeah. team, the game versus gives you another chance. Yeah. And then and you come back and win. Nothing
1: to do with play. No one was guarding that guy still.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I just, I, like, when he said that, I was like, dude, that is the most sour of grapes take. Like, yeah. great no. day. Yeah. Plus, That's... you had three more plays after that, and you didn't score. So, sorry. Like, it wasn't like that play, oh, it's a flag, turnover on downs, so you don't get the ball back. It was flag, you have three more plays, you didn't do it, and then you lost. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep,
1: yep. What is dominating your life, Joseph?
0: i'm about to enter the holiday gauntlet this weekend is christmas number one then it's actual christmas then it's uh friend christmas on new year's eve then it's extended family christmas and then i think i'm done with christmases until next year but how many times will the muppet christmas carol be watched probably only once um maybe twice actually now that i think about it because the first christmas is going to be my brother will be there so we will probably watch it that night and then i might watch it again on christmas eve that's usually when it gets watched um but yeah i'll don't worry we'll have muppet christmas carol talk next week okay i don't yeah don't
1: let me rush it uh yeah i have the gauntlet coming mine's more with various activities um but this week, what's going to dominate my life is preparations for the Nutcracker, which tickets are available on Academy <laughs> Ballet.com. There you go. Uh Link right at the top of the page, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. I encourage everybody to come out. It's a great thing with a lot of young people participating in that, over 100. They've been doing it 40 years. That's the full ad. They didn't pay for any advertisement on this one, but uh, somehow I still think I'm, I am I owe it to uh, the world. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, very involved in that and and love to be. Uh, my niece is the Sugar Plum Fairy this year. So I, it's kind of ramped up the uh, the uh, excitement around the McRae family uh, household. And, and there's a couple other last names involved there. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting for her to kind of get to that ultimate uh, role in there. So I'm looking forward to that. And the little girl that, you know, once left the stage and vomited all over me uh, is now, you know, the, the top dog, uh, dancing. So that's, that's awesome to see. And, uh, but everybody, you my, my middle kids in it, uh, my niece is in it, uh, good friends are in it, uh, yeah. with their kids, you know, that, that stuff. So it's, it's going to be great to watch and, uh, I'll be backstage. I, that's the best seat in the house. Um, but I encourage people to, you know, get the other seats that are out there that are also great seats. Um, So, yeah, uh, that's what will is dominating my life already this week, will be dominating my life the rest of the week, pretty much up until you hear my voice again, uh, listeners. Um, So, yeah, that's what we got. And then then we'll jump into, you know, we kind of get the three days of Christmas. We can talk about more about it next week, but we get the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and the day after Christmas. Um, But it kind of helps those three days go a little slower each, which is nice. And, you know, it's nice that I'm able to spread that out. Um, but it allows us to have that longer time with uh, and it, that's all family stuff mm-hmm. so that's it's nice mm-hmm. um, but we got out of the whole rat race of Christmas day of going to five different places so I look forward to those couple of days around Christmas because it, it actually it feels like the stress kind of releases around that time because everything's bought everything's done and, and it's nice so I, I'm looking forward to getting to that but be plenty busy until then. So that'll be good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Um, what I know that you need to know, there's a couple things, actually. Um, the first one will be a Christmas present for Jeff. I won't talk about it this week, but spoiler alert, you're going to get it next week. Uh, Liverpool, right now in first place in the Premier League. We are rolling. We'll go more in depth next week. Don't worry. Um, and that's, that's your Christmas gift
1: to you Jeff. need to shut up for
0: the, however long you're going to talk. Well, you thought the Chiefs were good, so what do you know? Um, but thought, you know what? I thought Riverhead going to find a way to beat Radford. Yeah, fool.
1: Um, <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, hey, I don't feel stupid for that because what they needed to do to win was what I said. It just wasn't going to happen. They just didn't do it.
0: And if Jamie made all their the layups, tournament. they would have they beaten UNC. Um, <laughs> yeah, make all the shots, yeah. But my Christmas present to you, Leland, is to tell you what you need to know. Your Pittsburgh Pirates just signed Beer League Softball, Rowdy Telles. How about that? To a one-year deal. How about that? You know who I'm talking about with Rowdy Telles, right? I mean, you know who he is. I I just I'm not on the same page as you at the moment. He is Beer League Softball. Look him up and then tell me he's not Beer League Softball. I don't look at that guy. He's a big old boy. If you're at home and not currently driving, Google Rowdy Tellis. That's Rowdy. R-O-W-D-Y. Comes from the brew crew. Last name T-E-L-L-E-Z. That is, if you if you were to look up Beer League softball in Miriam Webster's dictionary, it would just be a picture of him. <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought we had some first basemen, so I'm going to look at my depth chart at some point. But Well, uh, you got
0: to have a DH huh. these days. Look at this guy.
1: All right. I am less aware of him. I probably should know him better. Um, he
0: used to be a Blue Jay. Then he was a Brewer. His batting average has never been great. He's just a guy that he's yeah. going to swing out of his shoes and hope he hits it out of the park. Because I'm telling you right now, he don't want to run. So, What do you know that we need to know? Golly. I might be out of things that I know.
1: Um, I'll, I'll circle back full circle if, if people that started with us to hear about Riverheads. I, I am really proud of the community uh, of, of surrounding Riverheads. I think that's a big part of their success, but I watched them um, on Facebook live. I was unable to get back down the road for it, but there was as many people in the roads and honking their horns and waiting at the school for that team to get back uh, as when they win. And I think that's a good example. And I'm not saying that only happens over it. I'm, I'm not trying to make that impre- impression on people. I'm not saying this is the only place this could possibly happen. No, I think it's a great example of great community support that is stands behind their teams, whether they're winning or losing. And sure, it was, it was built up to this with a lot of winning, um, but I, it, it, made me remember the run back in 2000, uh, seeing that community support. And even though I acknowledge some, you know, the fan base is a little spoiled now and they got really used to winning. Um, and even going to the state championship game and losing is still pretty darn spoiled. Um, they still support these kids in a great way. And I, I think it deserves to be commended. And, uh, you know, I, I pump a lot of. Uh, positives to these players and this coaching staff and what they do. And they're always quick to talk about the community support and, and and how much that means to them and, and how it it's part of the part of the machine that happens up there. So I think those of you listening from the Riverheads community that, you know, really do support them in other ways than just thinking about them showing up, you know, raising money and then, you know, making sure you're still showing your support from them, even when they come home with a loss. I think that's great. And I think it's a good example for for other schools to to do, and it's the right way to do things. So, uh, talking about uh, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. I it made me proud to see that um, to be a part of that community, and um, so it was good. I like that.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, always a good idea to support whether they win or lose. Um, but. Yeah uh that'll do it for us on this week's episode of the yak sports podcast so we'll go ahead and get ready to wrap things up make sure you're subscribing on Podbean, google podcast spotify apple podcasts uh i think those are the big four that we're on um but subscribe there follow us on social media twitter x whatever you want to call it at yak sports pod yac sports pod i agree or you can until, find us on Facebook.
1: HTTP changes from Twitter.com, then
0: um am Okay. Um, it's my stance. Facebook, you can find us the same way, YAC Sports Pod, Or you can email us, yaksportspod, at gmail.com. Comment on the links. Let us know what did you think of the state championship game, uh, Riverheads-Radford. Uh, what do you think about the college basketball season? Any bowl predictions? Get into that bowl. Pick them. It is confidence picks. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, confidence picks. That's so annoying. Leland and I have already talked about it. We're probably going to change that next year because we both also find it annoying. Um, but hop in there. Get your chance to hop on the podcast and tell Leland and I we're crazy um, or whatever that you want to talk about. That is, uh, you know, podcast appropriate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Until Notice we
1: didn't talk about the NBA in-season tournament.
0: You know what, though? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. No, with Hold that on thing. a minute. Hold on a minute. There is nothing wrong with the NBA in-season tournament. Nothing wrong with it, but who cares? I don't care that LeBron won it.
1: You know what I, we didn't talk about for reals? I don't know. Shohei Itani just signed that contract.
0: Oh, whoops. Um, you know what, Christmas episode. Um, there you go. We're gonna need something to talk about during that episode. So, Joey. Um, I, I, I think this is just a sport audience that isn't used to these kind of things, so they don't know how to react. It's not unusual in other countries for there to be tournaments in the middle of a season. I, I think this is a great way for the players. Who cares? What does it get you? But this thing is going to build up over time. It's going to become more prestigious over time. What was the Super Bowl in 1966? Nobody cared. And now it's the biggest thing in the country
1: season championship. Like, it's still like you are the champions. You are the best
0: again. I, I don't know how to say this without being dismissive. Um, this is not uncommon in other places. There are in season tournaments going on the same time I the regular season care. happens.
1: I just, I like everybody kept telling me to care, and I just
0: don't. It, it's why you get frustrated, like with all these soccer competitions, because you can't wrap your head around more than one thing at a time. I don't think it's a bad idea to have more than one thing going on at a time. It,
1: no, I care. Adam like, Silver I've is fighting.
0: Adam Silver is mean, fighting load management. Tournament. Adam Silver's fighting load management. It's his biggest obstacle in growing the sport right now. Is fighting load management, getting trying to convince fans, hey, you should go to these games.
1: Are they not loading, when they don't know? They their load this week and now that that thing's done.
0: Yeah, but they weren't managing their load during the that in season tournament. They were playing in that. It's still going to be there in January and
1: February. Is LeBron can still take the end of January off. I don't
0: know. Maybe. I just like
1: I. It's like if it gave you like a guaranteed top four slot in the playoffs. I'd understand it a little bit better
0: there's money involved it's a trophy it'll get prestigious it'll get more prestige the more it goes on the more iconic moments there are it'll get it'll become a bigger deal like
1: the most iconic moment of this was a player from the Pacers having some oh, like a really good game And
0: he lost I, it's year one of a competition like
1: I don't, I don't I don't know what's gonna bring me to care about this thing. I don't turn on the NBA until the NBA playoffs. I didn't turn this on either.
0: Yeah, I didn't turn it on because there was other stuff going on. That's, if you want my biggest complaint about this, they scheduled it right in the middle of the football season, which I think was a bad idea. I think if they wait... Well, that's
1: their whole point. They wanted something that was pre-Christmas. They feel like they don't get anybody's attention until Christmas Day games, which the NFL taken taking away from them too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just...
0: I don't, I don't think know. this is a bad idea. I I think the NHL... I don't know if it's a bad idea, but who cares? I think the NHL and Major League Baseball could both look at this and and maybe get some ideas. It's a way to get fan bases engaged. The Indiana Pacers aren't going to win the NBA Finals. The Indiana Pacers had a good run in this in-season tournament. It gave their fans something to be excited about. The New Orleans Pelicans aren't going to win the NBA Finals. They were in the finals of this competition. It gives your fans something to be excited about. I don't think it it's a the bad final thing. Final four,
1: weren't they? Final four, right? Oh. It was Pacers versus Lakers.
0: Was I wrong? Maybe I got that wrong. Maybe I I had the Pacers in the final four. Maybe they were in the final. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. They beat the Pelicans in the final four. But I, mean, I didn't watch, so I don't know. But <laughs> but, but it, I don't think there's something. I I don't think there's anything wrong with getting fan bases engaged in something. Like it it's something that as time goes on. People will get more used to it. They'll stop griping about it being this thing that they don't understand. And why Why is this He's happening? Why are the courts lie. weird? Why is this hap? Why? I, why? Like
1: the I do not like the courts.
0: I agree with you on the courts. I thought the courts were weird. Um, but I, I honestly thought they could have done a better job of spreading it out. It kind of felt like it was all jam-packed together in a tight window, which I was like, I don't know if that needed to be the case, but okay. I thought it's been going on for weeks. Yeah, I, thought I. It was
1: like Tuesdays and Fridays or something.
0: Yeah, I thought they could have spread it out, spread it out more. well my honest opinion on it? But we'll see what they do. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was a bad idea. Um, maybe every other week, or maybe maybe I, after maybe the I'm group stage, you put idea. you put a week or like, two off. You, Hmm? Just
1: think it's kind of useless. Like, what? I I just don't see it building up to being in that much.
0: And I think you're looking at a very small view here. Like, I I think it's, I think the more history it gets, the the better it will be. The the more attention will get paid to it. Media rights partners are bidding on it. It's separate than the NBA regular season. It's more money for the league again, I think the NHL and the major league baseball could look at this and it's something that could be taken away from maybe some ideas here. Like I don't think these are bad ideas. I think you got to find a new ways to be engaging because unlike football, these other sports, their seasons are way too long. And so having a competition that matters in the middle of it, that can maybe get eyeballs when people wouldn't be tuning in. Otherwise, that's a great idea. They didn't win you, but the NBA is not gonna win. Me. The NBA's not gonna <laughs> win you. The NBA's not gonna win you until April anyway. And the NBA's not gonna they used win me. To have me. When
1: I was a kid, they had me. They didn't have an in-season tournament then.
0: Yeah, but times are different. We need Michael Jordan. That's what we need. Well, he's not coming through that door. Um <laughs> But yeah, I just I don't know. I I really I really don't see the, why people are trying to poop on this so much. I, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it, but I chose not to watch it. But again, it's a lot of people who don't understand. Like this is just don't
1: understand. What do you mean? I don't understand. I just don't care. I don't like, I don't need to be called stupid to like have an opinion on this. I just don't care.
0: Yeah, but I think it's because you're not used don't to get, this. You're not That's used like to the Dan idea Leventard of it. Way of saying this. Oh, you don't get it. You don't get our brand. You don't like, no, you don't I, get in-season tournaments. You don't get in-season tournaments because they don't have them over here because American sports is worse than European sports, there I said it. You know, you know who doesn't talk about tanking other country sports because they have promotion relegation cuz it's better. And they also have in-season tournaments because they have promotion relegation. So you know what those in-season tournaments have that our in-season tournaments don't and what would make them better is if the lower leagues were involved in these in-season tournaments. And then you have the upsets and the the underdogs getting the big upset over the big top flight team. But we can't have that because we're greedy in American sports and the owners have too much power and, oh, my gosh, I didn't pay a billion dollars so I would potentially lose my spot in this top league. I want to pay a billion dollars and then not pay my players anything and scream, I'm poor, like John Angelos, so not actually try or the Pittsburgh Pirates owner, whoever the <laughs> hell that idiot is. And just sit there and be like, Well, I can't pay my players because otherwise I wouldn't have any money. But I don't want promotion relegation because then this giant this asset that I understand. have that this, this giant asset that I have would disappear and it wouldn't be worth anything. And then I would actually not have any money. Whee. Well, that is how I understand all of them. That is how they all sound. <laughs> Listen to a clip. Um, but yeah, like that's that's what I mean when you don't get it. Like this, in, in Europe, this happens all the time. And their end season tournaments aren't just, so the difference would be, it wouldn't be just NBA teams. It would be like G League teams would be in there and whatever. But then the G League teams also technically have a chance to get promoted into the NBA and, you know, the Washington Wizards get relegated to the G League, probably where they belong anyway. Um, oh, that was something else we could have talked about. The Caps and Wizards are moving.
1: Where are they moving?
0: Uh, apparently to Alexandria.
1: Oh, is that what Youngkin's announcing tomorrow morning?
0: Yep. Oh, wow. So that'll be exciting.
1: Let's path for downtown D.C. Yeah
0: for downtown dc it's probably good news for the commanders getting into dc is that arena like
1: on its way out already that's not
0: that i couldn't believe that how place. old that thing was it's almost 30 years old oh wow yeah i know well, i guess they can have the circus i suppose but to get leland and i yelling at each other about uh, promotion relegation and in-season tournaments you just don't get it joe you just don't get it no leland's the one who doesn't get it i get it leland doesn't <laughs> get it um But until then, folks, uh, subscribe, tell us what we got right or wrong, and uh, have a good rest of your week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.